Hello, this is What Are You Looking At? I'm your new host, Pip Stafford. For the past three seasons, I've been behind the scenes, writing, editing and producing the podcast. And in this fourth season, I'm also in the hosting role, with co-producing, writing and editing from CATS Engagement Coordinator, Lisa Campbell-Smith. Before we delve into the first episode of Season 4, I'd like to thank Season 2 and 3 host and writer, Thea Connell. Thea's leaving us to take on other projects in 2018, and we'll miss her ideas and dedication to the project. What was my crime? My crime was self-assertion, you know? Um, yes, it was a crime of passion. I mean, if you, if you can't be passionate about your own life, then what can you be passionate about? Isolation. It's something that gets talked about a lot when you live on an island at the bottom of the world. Though really we aren't that isolated. We're connected to the mainland and the rest of the world by regular boat and flight services and of course the internet. But what if you wanted to be isolated? What if you wanted to live on an island off an island off an island at the bottom of the world? But what if in doing so, you inadvertently made yourself the target of more attention than you could possibly have imagined? This is what happened to Jane Cooper when she decided to live on remote DeWitt Island in Tasmania's southwest in 1971 and 72. In June of this year, artist James Newitt will present a new work at CAT in partnership with Dartmofo 2018. The exhibition, called Delay, builds a complex terrain through a filmic narrative exploring the hesitations, reluctance and fragility of leaving here and going elsewhere, away from north, deep into the idea of south. It explores escape and withdrawal as personal acts of political defiance through non-participation. The exhibition will be a dense and potentially claustrophobic constellation of elements such as projection, objects, papers and photos that all revolve around Newitt's film I go further under. The film is influenced in part by the true and extremely alluring story of Jane Cooper, though the work uses this story as a kind of leaping off point for exploring detachment, severance, fragility and of course isolation. We're using this episode to explore Jane's story through a woven journey of truth and fiction. We speak to actor Emily Millage, whose performance in I Go Further Under was directly inspired by Jane's journey, to Ella Kennedy, who made the documentary DeWitt 7001 in 2002, and who came to know Jane, or Flute, as she was called later in life. 18-year-old Jane experienced an unexpected and wholly overwhelming response to her plan to live on the remote island. She was hounded by media, by police, and by the Tasmanian government who couldn't believe that her isolation was either chosen or sane. Even my recounting what went on, it's a, it's a tall tale. You know, it's a, it's, it's a story. 
her so it wasn't necessarily a part of her life she wanted other to re-examine herself or have other people thoroughly re-examined in a forensic way and obviously it's a story that is surrounded you know at least in Tasmania by an awful lot of gossip and innuendo most of which I think is not true Dewitt Island the big witch it is a fact that Dewitt Island is 6 kilometres or 3.7 miles south of Louisa Bay on Tasmania's south coast it is a fact that it is 516 hectares in area and is the largest of the Matsika Islands groups. It is a fact that it is an important breeding area for birds. It is a fact that Jane Cooper, at age 18, went to live on DeWitt Island for one year. Well, what sort of things have you read about yourself that's absolutely untrue? Oh, um, I've got goats and cats, you know, that sort of thing, and a, a dive for crayfish. I've read that this guy's been down to see me and I've never seen that guy and all he does is sit in the Dover Hotel and drink and make up a story. When I got to Hobart, I, um, I haunted and hounded all the fishermen down there and eventually, fortuitously, I came across a little black crayboat named the Corade and uh, the skipper said yes Jane I'll take you down to the island. The journey down to the island is quite a challenging one um, the weather conditions can be quite difficult to navigate and I remember at the time uh, filming we were actually concerned about getting down there and had a very small window um, of days that were suitable weather-wise to get down there. I did consider going to live on Flatwich because I like the name. I, like, I really like the name of Flatwich, but as I recall, the Flatwich was only 670 feet above sea level, and I didn't think that was sufficient height. Um, now, DeWitt rose to 1160 feet above sea level and so I thought that was most appropriate. I can recall that that was one of my great concerns that the island had to have sufficient elevation so I would not be swept away by high tide. DeWitt Island is composed of a folded succession of turbidic, silston, sandstone and conglomerate at least 450 metres thick. It is probably a correlate of the mid to upper Cambrian ironbound group. Folds are upright, open to tight, and at least two generations are indicated. The broad scale geomorphology of the island is controlled by the direction of storm waves, which have eroded nearly vertical cliffs up to 340 metres high on the south shore. Many sea caves are found at the base of the cliffs, particularly on the west and south coasts. Cliff retreat has progressively captured the headwaters of the island's two perennial streams. Fluvial processes, controlled by both mythology and structure, but also showing possible influence from interglacial and glacial stages, have shaped the interior of the island for a long period. Aeolian processes 
well-developed pseudo-caste systems including sinkholes, caves, underground drainage and airflows are related to large rotational slumps on the island's south coast. Why a woman of such a young age felt such an incredible pull to leave society and, and depart to somewhere um, in complete isolation and that just as a premise is something very interesting to unpack. We spoke a lot about also Jane's relationship with the environment and how it tested her both physically and mentally and so those were probably the two things that really attracted me to this project. That being said James and I also did talk a lot about how we didn't want to make this particular film I guess a retelling of Jane Cooper's story so my work as an actor was not about recreating her as a person. It wasn't about me observing old footage and, and uh, videos of her and trying to recreate yeah, her mannerisms and tics to, to, to provide a specific portrayal of her as a person. But we spoke a lot more about what it is to take yourself to a place very, very far away from any kind of civilization society any kind of interaction with other people and the only sort of relationship for you to be in is is your one with the environment I suppose when you're sitting on an island alone and you have no one to interact with no sounds except the sounds of mutton birds leaving early in the morning or coming back at night nothing to reflect an image of yourself back at you or give you any sense of you and I, I suppose me, Emily, being um, a real extrovert, someone who relies a lot on the energy that I um, get back from other people to gain a sense of myself, that idea to me was incredibly frightening. And I wondered how frightening that was to Jane. I think being alone, you, you cease to, you, to become an observer, but you're a participant, and so in some ways you cease to exist. She's a, a pretty mercurial kind of character, you know, and I, and I suppose I had that difficult relationship with her because I wanted her to do this film because I thought it, you know, I thought it was a really powerful story. She's a really, um, you know, she's a really deep thinker. She was a deep reader. She, you know, as I said before, she had obviously lots of life experiences, but she didn't really want to let people in. Um, and I think she agreed to let me do the film because there was something in her that sort of recognised my own youth because I was um, only in my early 20s at the time. So people respond to her story because you know, it captures something about escape and romance and possibility and wildness. It's like a cauldron. The weather didn't come from Macquarie Island or the Antarctic or anywhere else. It, it came 
out of the guts of the big witch and just spewed out and, and uh, that was going to be my home. Obviously now there's a lot of talk about Tasmanian Gothic, all those islands are definitely hit personified I think. sense of stability. She catches fish and dives for lobsters, and the fishermen call in occasionally to keep a fatherly eye on the girl. One of the things that I did think a lot about before going to the island, which I, I, um, I touched on just before, was that how much of an extrovert I am and how much I rely on socialisation with other people to feel okay about myself. Um, when I'm feeling troublesome, uh, experiencing troublesome times or feeling challenged by anything, I go to particular people in my life to discuss my problems and so I rely very much on that kind of interaction um, with others and this was one of the main points of difference that I um, identified between myself and Jane very um, early on. So she, yeah, she's a pretty amazing woman I think because she she did something at that age that I think most of us would never attempt to do. And she did stick it out there for a year despite all kind of manner of difficulties, you know, with weather and fishermen and the government threatening to get her off there and um, yeah, she's a pretty stubborn character. Jane, what do you do if you can't last the year? I will. I will not see you. Nothing can stop you. She is on the island. She is on an island on which no one has ever lived before. The one the fishermen call the Big Witch on the maps, DeWitt Island, five miles off the wild south coast of Tasmania. The minister suggested a more suitable island, but said she would not be forced to leave. Fishermen landed Jane on the 4,000 acres of rock and dense scrub on August 22nd. She said she wanted to cut herself off from civilization for a year, to get away from it all and find myself, and would spend the time writing poetry and music, studying the wildlife, and getting her food. Jane Cooper, 
a lone figure on her island, playing the recorder. Her man Friday, she said, was a penguin in a burrow near her temporary humpy. She plans to build a bark hut for next winter in these roaring forties. And uh, I sort of felt that the boat disappeared and the world disappeared and, and it was like I'd dropped off the edge of the world. What Are You Looking At is produced for Contemporary Art Tasmania by Lisa Campbell-Smith and myself, Pip Stafford. With special thanks to James Newitt, Ella Kennedy, Flute E. Cannon, Emily Millage, Colin Langridge and Brendan Walls, who provided the soundtrack and sound recording for I Go Further Under and the soundtrack you hear in this podcast. The geological information was sourced from Vixen G and Household I, 1996, Notes on the Geology and Geomorphology of DeWitt Island, Southwest Tasmania, Papers and Proceedings of the Royal Society of Tasmania, Volume 130, Number 1, pages 67 to 74. The What Are You Looking At music is by Josh Santispirito. What Are You Looking At can be found at contemporaryarttasmania.org and on iTunes, SoundCloud and wherever you stream your podcasts. James Newitt's Delay will open at CAT as part of Dark Mofo on June 8, 2018. For more information about the festival, head to darkmofo.net.au.